All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Guilty by Association, the Vanica podcast, where we talk about all things association management and technology. My name is Shelley D'Antonio. I'm here with BD Snow, my co-host, and um, Chris Morales from Heritage Property Management. How are we doing out there today, Chris? Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys doing today yourselves? I'm just peachy keen. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a great day. (laughs) Toasty day in Wilmington here. Um, It's just been, you know, a really fun week. We've had a a lot of new hires into the office this week and kind of getting them ramped up. So a lot of excitement around the office. What's going on in your world? Um, trying to get some new hires in. That's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, it, things have been good. We've got a lot of, uh, new possibilities in the future that we're, we're looking forward to, to, uh, create more efficiency. So I think we're, we're taking a, a, a really good turn here. Literally since yesterday, we've had some new news come through that we're all like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> new, news to share or, uh, news, news we'll hear about. Here um, shortly. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, no, no, we could totally share it. It's uh it's not a huge thing, but it will uh it will create some excitement for us geeks here at the company. Um obviously uh levels of technology for any any company, any industry, you're going to max out. And our uh phone system, we kind of had talked about it previously. Mm-hmm. Our phone system is definitely hitting that max and we uh, officially got the okay that we are going to be moving forward here pretty soon. So, yes, geeking out about a new phone system. Good time. Good time. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun until you get into doing the porting. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, think, um, I think both of us have a little bit of experience with transitioning phone systems, setting up some routing structures. So, um, oh. yeah. again, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting for you guys to have a new yeah. technology you can leverage. But, yeah. Um, I think we recognize what a project yeah. that transition can be for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, it, it'll definitely take some time. It's definitely going to be a team effort, but it'll, it'll be for the better. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to dig too far into that, but I know a lot of our clients talk about phone systems and, and um, I've talked to several lately that are in the market for new systems. What are some of the things that you guys were considering or the challenges that you had um, that led you to a new system? Um, one of the bigger challenges is, is, of course, the 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 new norm. You know, to 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 use everybody's slogan of you know people working remotely. And depending on your phone system, you've either got somebody that can just wake up, get into the computer, and they're ready to go in Vantica, and they're ready to go in their phone system. Then you've got our team that has to get their bag out and pull the phone out and all the cords and run over to their modem and connect it and this <laughs> and that. So. Having to negate that will be great. Um, also, the bigger the bigger part for especially for me and my team, um, because I am over the customer service and call center team, um, it's really going to allow us to have more capabilities um, for training purposes. So being able to listen into calls as opposed to just sitting side by side with someone because you, you only get one side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that ability for training purposes, obviously more easily being able to pull reports and stats and truly knowing where we're at um, is very, very helpful. Um, but definitely that training aspect and the ease of the system um, as far as the end user ability. Um, we're, we're definitely looking forward to. That's going to be a big move. 
And you know, like we have a habit of doing this, of just diving headfirst into mm-hmm. stuff. And maybe we should step back and introduce you, Chris, to the folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, who is this lady and what are they talking about? So if you don't mind, Chris, exactly. share a little bit of your background, how you like what you're doing now, how you got into this industry and maybe like how like where you first learned that an HOA existed to begin with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's uh, it's always a big joke. So my name is Chris Morales. Um, I am uh, work here at Heritage Property Management in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is the only management company that I've ever worked with. Um, it's always, you know, a big joke when we're introducing uh, new hires or even, you know, interviewing new people that nobody really aspires to work for a property management company, especially one for HOAs, because you're really not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not until you get into the weeds of it. You're not really sure what it is. So I actually stumbled into the position, in all honesty, um, accidentally. I had I was living in Colorado, coming back to Georgia, and the HR uh, VP at the time lived across the street from my parents. And my mom was like, my daughter needs a job. And she was like, okay, have her stop by. And so I stopped by and I was like, what is this? And they were like, couldn't really describe it. And I'm like, okay, just tell me the work I'm going to do. So um, I had initially started out um, just kind of doing some data entry stuff and then actually started part-time at one of our on-sites right around the corner. Uh, From that on-site position, um, I moved to the corporate office as the mail clerk. And in all honesty, I feel like Heritage, even though it's the only property management company I've worked for, having, you know, worked with other employees, gone to vendor events or other types of events that I've worked or come into contact with other people in other uh, uh, HOA uh, companies, Heritage really, it's almost like a, you know, a learning hospital in the sense that the doors are wide open here, meaning that Nobody gets held back. You know, if you aspire to learn more, dig into the industry, we really do a great job. And I'm, I'm definitely an example of this. And I tell people all the time, it's on you if you want to advance in this company and if you want to advance in this industry. Because I started as a mail clerk and now I'm now a director. And yeah, it wasn't, you know, handed to me, definitely. But in being able to level up in the company, I've learned so much and it was one of those things that once I heard what the job was and really what it was, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, I would walk around with my headset on like my giant DJ uh, (laughs) uh, earphones on and our owner would come by and he'd be like, are you cold? And I'm like, no, they're, they're, it's for music. And they're like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, what? Okay. (laughs) And so it, it was one of those things that I almost feel like I've somewhat helped change the face of heritage because it started out as this, for me anyway, it started out as this, you know, corporate office environment with people in suits and heels and dresses. And I'm like, I ain't going to wear all that. I'm going to walk around with my earmuffs on and get the work done. <laughs> and then people slowly but surely started to realize, hey, you know what? If people are going to get the work done, let them get the work done, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what ultimately it's allowed me to do, like really dig into the industry and say, okay, where can we create efficiencies? You know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's about that end user experience as far as the clients are concerned. That really should be our focus. 
you know, and so we strive to do that every day. Well, it sounds like you've been part of a cultural evolution over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It definitely has changed quite a bit. Um, both the, the, the team members, the, the, from, from our ownership down, it's, mm-hmm. it's our culture has taken a 360, definitely. And it's really um, become a main focus that the team members, you're truly in control of what your day is, what what your experience is with your clients, with your team members, and you should take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not here to look over anybody's shoulders to make sure you get your job done because you know what? Too much work to get done, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's all about um, managing with service in mind. That's awesome. It sounds like you guys have done a lot to to kind of build that culture. Um, and it sounds like a lot of that just kind of organically happened, like you said, with empowering your team members and um, and things like that. Have Have you had any specific kind of initiatives that have helped build your culture, or anything that you guys do to to kind of help build that or teamwork or foster that environment? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A a couple of years ago, we actually went through a real facelift and it really started with our owner, um, Gavin. And at the time, you know, he, he took the time to really listen to upper management, the directors, the VPs and say, Hey, you know what, if we want our culture to change, it's going to have to trickle down from the top. And he took 100% rings on that. Um, and we had a true cultural change where we implemented um, our fundamentals. We call them our fundamentals, the heritage fundamentals. We now have 27 fundamentals that we have been um, on a weekly basis, essentially giving as a deliverable to everybody on a weekly basis. And a team member oh. each week, Sunday night, Monday morning, sends out the you know fundamental of the week. And it's just kind of like that reminder of like, hey, yeah, we're going to keep things fun. Hey, we're going to put our client first. We're going to walk in their shoes today. Hey, we're going to speak straight to one another. Hey, we're going to do all these things because at the end of the day, it truly is about the end user experience. It's mm-hmm. about that, you know, having respect not only for team members, but for your client and for the work. So definitely that culture shift had to do with those 27 fundamentals because it really allowed us to, you know, at first it was awkward to, you know, debate and align. That's one that me and my 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 VP, Allison, which you guys know, the two of us will get in the room and just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes people will walk in and they're like, Ooh, well, let me get out of here. And we're like, no, 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 we're debating and aligning like the poster downstairs. Don't worry, it's cool. But it, it was one of those things that it, allow team members to start to act a certain way that maybe they were embarrassed about in the past where, you know, somebody may wanted to say, Hey, you shouldn't have said that, or you could have handled that a different way. Or, you know, it was no longer because they felt so it was because the fundamental told you so, Mm. you know, so it's been, it's been great. We all have uh, uh, a little pocket size wallet 
version of it that at first we used to walk around with it. Um, but we, we have a, 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 you know, our COVID skeleton crew here now. So, but we still bring it up. We still bring it up. We still bring it to each other's attention, but everybody got a little pocket version of these 27 fundamentals. And we literally were telling people, Hey, when a situation pops up, pull out your little pocket thing and read it, read, read the fundamental, read the speak straight fundamental, read the example. And it truly has impacted this entire company for the better. That's that's awesome. And I definitely like the beta line. I know that mm-hmm. we've, BD and I have definitely used that from time to time ourselves. Um, <laughs> and I like the idea that you guys have that, that you're constantly going back to those, those kind of core items. Um, what was the process like to, to come up with those fundamentals? Was that a group um, effort or... Um, it was actually, um, Gavin came up with those. Um, I think he got some, I think he did get input from the VP, but it was really him, you know, like him saying, what, what do I want this company to be? What do I want my team, my executives, my VP, my mail clerk, what values do I want to hold them accountable to? Mm -hmm. And, and from there, we all have had the opportunity to portray what we see as the fundamental of the week. Um, it basically, when when we first implemented it, uh, Gavin was the one sending out the fundamental each week. And essentially what happens is that it has kind of like a little description. And then we have part of the communication out to the company a you know, a story, an experience that we had. What does this fundamental mean to us? And essentially what we did was he did it for 27 weeks. Then it rotated through Mike, which is second in command, for the 27 weeks. And then from there, it rotated through the comp- uh, through the directors. So all of the directors had their opportunity to have, I think we did two fundamentals throughout the week. And since then, it just rotates throughout the company. So people reach out to HR and they're like, I got the fundamental for this week. So like right now through the next course of the 27 weeks, somebody in the company is is sending it out. It could be anybody from my team, which was uh, last week, one of my team members, um, one of our customer service HSC representatives sent out the fundamental of the week. Um, this past week was one of the assistant managers that did it. Um, sometimes it's a director, sometimes it's, it's, it's a manager, it's whoever, whoever's like, I got this week. Um, and we just put out there what this fundamental means to us and an example of how we see that fundamental in work. I love that, that it's gotten to be something that is the entire company and that it's folks that are opting into it and volunteering for it. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. How do you see those fundamentals then parlaying into the service that you're delivering to your homeowners and board members? <clears throat> um, I think definitely uh, some of them are um, very specific. So one of the ones that I'm always stressing to my team, um, because we do get that first touch from the homeowner. So whatever the extreme situation is, we're getting them right off the cuff and they could be very much up here and it could be to us a 
situation of like, well, just do this and then you're good. But to that client, to that homeowner, you never know what they're going through. So one of our um, fundamentals is to walk to, to walking in your client's shoes. Mm. So it's basically, you know, you have to see the situations from their perspective. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I've always had a thought that if you are dealing with somebody's money, if you're dealing with somebody's kids or you're dealing with somebody's house, they're going to be passionate about it. Whatever that interaction is, they're going to be passionate about it. So, of course, you're dealing with homeowners that are, you know, in very, very, you know, dire situations and you feel for them, but you don't want to lead them down on a, a path where you're painting an unrealistic picture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're not paying your dues, if you're not abiding by the rules within your community, whether you know them or not, you have to understand that you do live in a, you know, an association driven community and there are rules to live there. And sometimes we need to educate those homeowners on these things. Um, but then at the end of the day, they do need to understand that's part of homeownership. You know, so in those cases where um, we're dealing with a homeowner that um, Maybe a, a check got lost in the mail or their payment didn't get received in time and now they're past due and they've got their grandkids coming in for the summer and their pool device is activated. You know, deactivating somebody's pool device when they got kids mm-hmm. in the house, mm-hmm. that's like taking their, that's like stealing their car. That's right. I promise you. <laughs> that, that passion comes out quickly. <laughs> um, Those kids but, need the you pool. Know, at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm t- okay, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But that's like one of those situations that when you really think about it, it's like, okay, so you, you don't get to swim today, but we'll get it activated once you make your payment. But to that caller, to that homeowner, you know, when they're like, well, I'm on my way up there to drop off the check and it better be deactivated or activated by the time I get home. And it's like, well, you know, unfortunately, that's not quite how it works, but you need to put yourself in their shoes. So if you have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Let me reach out to my manager. Let me reach out to Chris and say, Chris, they got 1335 worth of interest and late fees on their account. What can we do? I'm going to look at it and be like, waive it. We're going to take it off. I'll have a conversation and pull the 1335 out of my wallet if I need to to give to somebody because I'm sympathizing with this person's situation. We'll get with the access team. Hey, guys, where are we at? Can we push this one through? And not that we're going to do that for every single person, but you want to look at it at a case-by-case scenario. And when you can go above and beyond and provide that customer service to that one client, it it makes you feel good. You know, it really does. So at the end of the day, when you're part of a customer service industry, um, you do get beat up. You get beat up quite a bit. Um, from different perspectives, from different people. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you get that person that's coming in hot and they're high, 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 and by the end of the conversation, they're like, you know what, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. You know, whether you resolve it or not, but if you're able to extend a level of respect, especially through the phone, and that client can feel it, and they return that respect by saying, you know what, I appreciate your help. It feels good. And yeah. that's what I strive for my team. That's what I push them to, you know. Um, and that's part of that training, you know. So, yes, having a phone system where I can listen in on the conversation. And it's like, okay, 
and they start to get really high and squeaky, you shouldn't really get high and squeaky. <laughs> we need to stay calm. <laughs> we don't want to match them. Let's not match them. We need to we need to really listen and not just robotically answer. We really need to listen, think about what the true solution is and how you can truly put them on the path of, of a solution. Well, that really is beautiful, Chris. You you do epitomize the highest levels of customer success and customer service in this industry. So we definitely commend you for that and the, the perspective that you take. And you hit on a couple of themes there. Um, one of them I'd like to dive into. One thing that you all do really, really well over there and have prioritized, especially as of late, is that education piece, right? Mm-hmm. So um, share with our listeners a little bit about like what you all are doing from that education piece as relates to educating not only just boards, but also homeowners. Yeah, yeah. So we have, um, we do um, provide a lot of training. Um, it, it got a little squirrely there for about a year or so. Um, but here in our corporate office, we have this giant, we call it the Ed Center. And it's not only an Ed Center for us locally, um, but it does have a giant screen that has all of our fundamentals framed in posters throughout the entire room. Um, but it's literally like a classroom style room. We do not only local training um, for our team members, but we also have board training there as well. Um, that board training is advertised to anybody. It's pushed out to um, different platforms where like um, um, CAI and stuff like that, where any board member, not just our board members, but any potential board member that's um, maybe um, – new to their community they're new to one of our communities that we manage but they're new to just being on a board at a community um we invite them in um and for us it's it's about educating people within the industry because like i said from the beginning we're we're an office of educators like we i just can't help it we can have a meeting about how to activate a device. And I'm like, have you really looked at Vansica? Well, let me show you something. That just happened yesterday. I taught somebody filtering and they were like, this is amazing. I was like, this is Vansica. I know, <laughs> I know. But, um, but we do, we do a lot of that. Our, our sales VP, um, Melissa, she, she is incredible. She gets in front of those treasurers, those new board members. And again, because she's part of that sales team, she is basically representing heritage to a potential client. And that's what we want people to see that, hey, look, we're inviting you with open arms here. We've got a, a Sears pool vendor here to talk about getting ready for pool season. These are the new laws. You've got to make sure you've got your COVID poster. You've got your grid on your filter, stuff like that. Um, we have that level of education for people before they're even our clients. Mm. Once they become our clients, it just escalates from there. You know, we have, um, um, we're trying, we're building it up more now, but we're trying to do more and more videos, um, trying to push them out on our Facebook page, trying to push them out, push them out on YouTube, you know, really taking advantage of social media because sometimes all it takes is, you know, a five minute video for somebody to look at and be like, you know what? I wondered why my weeds kept dying when I was doing whatever. So maybe we have Mark, our, um, uh, our vendor management director out on a property with, with one of our vendors and they're just talking through, Hey, this is how you do this. Maybe we have Tim that's part of our construction team 
And, you know, he's our insurance guy and is like, hey, guys, just walking through people, like educating them not only on, you know, association management or how to work in the system or how to interact with um, heritage, but kind of how to be a homeowner, Mm. like things to look out for. Like, hey, the freeze is coming. This is why we tell you to let your water trickle. This is the result when you don't. Mm -hmm. Like educating homeowners in that sense as well. So not just industry standards type stuff, but just education in general. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that that's really neat because we talk about a lot in our industry um, you know, board members are volunteers. They don't know what they're doing. They yeah. haven't been through this before. So having that, that kind of education, I think, is probably very invaluable to them. And then also having those things where you are kind of helping educate your, your homeowners, um, I feel like that kind of helps the perception of the relationship between the homeowner and the management company. Because for so long, homeowners, you know, kind of come up and all your management company is is somebody who's going to send you a violation letter um, and not somebody who's going to help you out. So I think that... Um, that that can be very, um, very healing in that relationship. Are you guys seeing things like that from those communities that you've interacted with where maybe those homeowners are a little bit more perceptive to you guys as a management company when they're having to interact with you because of those efforts? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. And sometimes those, those efforts um, by the customer service team and even the non-management team, we don't always see it just because it's it's from the board side directly to the manager. So we hear about a lot of those um, situations where that appreciation is reciprocated, even if it's in the, the result of a new client. But where me and my team are seeing it on a day-to-day basis is where, you know, a client, for example, this happened two weeks ago. Um, a gentleman came up, he had driven up from someplace very far and he was, he had a past due balance and he was like, I don't understand why I, I really, I like, he was very confused. He's like, I got my canceled check. I don't know what's happening. So I invited him in, we printed out his statement and we literally went through it line by line. I pulled up the portal. I showed him how he can look and how to make payments what it looks like on the screen, how to submit when he's confused about something, how to utilize essentially the Vantica side of the portal one-to-one. So it wasn't just a video. I was answering his questions Mm -hmm. in real time. I was describing his ledger to him. That, even on that scale, me as education of those homeowners, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when, what the hope is that the trickle effect is backwards. So he's going to go home tell his wife who I was talking to while she was saying, well, he was standing there and say, I got it. She explained it to me. This is what's up. When they hear about it in a board meeting, guys, this, let me explain it to you. They explained it to me. And that's what the hope is. It's yeah. about not only educating the homeowners on how to use the system, but how to understand their ledger, which, you know, you think people understand, but they don't. Like, why do I have late fees? Well, do you understand your late date? is the 10th and if you pay on the 15th that's late but why do i have late fees (laughs) oh okay (laughs) it's going to be that kind of conversation (laughs) okay so now we got it we got to back up so definitely in that sense i've seen it i've seen it where managers have reached out to me because um a board member called my team had really great interaction and went back to the manager and was like, look, I was confused about something. I didn't get you, but Taylor 
in HSC explain this to me. And again, anytime we have the opportunity to explain something to someone that they're confused about something, whatever it may be, it's our opportunity to educate. That's so great. it's not always a classroom setting. It's that opportunity when you can give a person your undivided attention. Yeah. That's yeah. your opportunity. That's great. The education is awesome. Yeah. Like I said, you all do an amazing job and you know, Chris, you're an awesome leader of that team. And just like, again, the approach that you take in customer services, uh, really a model for how this industry should approach it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and especially to your point on, on education and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, as we run up on time already and we've, we've hit that, you know, we, we've got to get you back for a follow-up episode. We haven't even got to talk about Denver and Boulder. We haven't got to talk about all kinds of other things that we wanted to chat through with you today because we've just been going and talking about customer service, which yeah. has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would you be interested in coming back for a round two sometime? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. I love it. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I feel like every time we get into a conversation, we just go in a million different directions. We always end up somewhere positive. So it's just a pleasure. Yeah, really absolutely. Thank yeah. you. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on our podcast today. It's a fun little experiment. And we're really excited that you are uh, willing to take the plunge and join in yeah. with us. This has been great. For sure. Thanks, thanks a lot. For having, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great rest of your day out there. Tell the team that we said hello and uh, maybe give Denver and Boulder a scratch for us. Absolutely. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Chris. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Guilty by Association. We'll see you next time.